and then we're going to dive into the Bible this morning. I'm looking forward um, to what we're going to be talking about today. Father God, we give you the next 30 minutes or so, and Lord, we ask you that you will be here. Lord, I pray every word that we speak, everything that we say this morning will be effective. And uh, Lord God, I pray for each one of us that you will give us ears to hear what you need us to hear. And that, Father God, we will take away truth today and we will apply it to our lives. Lord, let this morning's word be something that transforms us, not just something good that we hear. Lord, I pray this for each one of us in all of our different circumstances, in everything that we're going through, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 You may take your seats. High five someone, say hi to someone as you're sitting down. Okay, let's fill this place with a little bit of noise. Oh, maths making children cry. <laughs> oh. Okay. So, we are going to turn. If you've got a Bible with you, we're going to go to the first book in the New Testament. We're going to turn to Matthew chapter 6. If you've been reading your Bible for any length of time, you'll probably know that it's part of the Sermon on the Mount. And we are going to be looking at verses 25 to 34. And I'm going to read those out in a moment. And uh, we're doing a series called Selah. The word Selah is in the Psalms a lot. And it means pause, consider, think about it, take stock, you know. And uh, don't just rush past uh, what you're reading, but have a think about what it says And uh, so this morning, I'm going to be reading um, from the message version, but you can probably follow it through with whatever version you've got in your Bible. Um, From Matthew 6, we're going to start verse 25 and work our way through down to verse 34. And it says this, if you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There is far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God, and you count far more to him than the birds. Has anyone by fussing, I love this, I love this, I'm sorry Liz is gone, you'll know what I mean as I read it. Has anyone by fussing in front of the mirror ever gotten taller by as much as an inch? Okay. All this time and money wasted on fashion, do you think it makes that much difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They never primp or shop, but have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The 10 best dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside them. If God gives such attention to the appearance of of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so that you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you... Generations Church this morning, but you know both God and his provision and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. 
And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. I think I could leave it right there. You know, I love the way the message puts that scripture. Okay, and what I want to talk to us this morning is about, the whole title of what I'm going to say is called Consider Creation. Consider what God has made. The word sila means pause, means think about it. And, and in the message, the verses that are really talking about that are things where it says, so look at the flowers, look at the fields. That word look there, to look, is the same word that is used that means sila. It means to pause, to consider, to ponder, to think about it. When you look out at creation, it was always quite funny. I was in a, a small group years ago, and I can remember doing a thing where I said, where do you see God? And I will be honest with you, okay, very honest this morning. Um, I'm not a major, Sue's laughing because she knows me. I am not a, someone who kind of majors on um, like going for a walk in the fields, and there I find the Lord. Okay, that's not me walking, not me, okay, you know, going for a walk, and we see all the, and and I love it, and and when I drive past it, it's brilliant, maybe I should just be in a car doing that, okay, but uh, but I used to, you know, a lot of the the girls that I was in this group with would go, when I I walk through Hubbard's Hills, and I see the trees, and, 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 and I was never really one of those people, but I have to admit that actually I, I was driving um, up through Derbyshire and, and Nottinghamshire on Thursday, I just looked out at God's creation, and it is incredible. It is absolutely incredible from someone who I, I see God in other ways. I see God in people's lives. I see, I see God in, in different ways than maybe some of you that love doing the walking thing. That is really great. Keep finding God in those places. But, uh, but when I kind of come to scriptures like this, I've always kind of found a stumbling block. But I was driving the other day and just looking out and there were just hills and green and, uh, and it wasn't flat. And it was absolutely wonderful. And I, and I loved it. And, and God's saying here to us, actually, when you look at the detail in which I create things. When you look at the detail in which I create things that most people never see, how much more am I going to look after you? How much more am I going to do what it is you need me to do? Jesus here tells us to look, to pause, to have that sila moment. And the te- in the text, and it covers so many things that affect us today, this passage, I think, is so relevant for the world in which we live. Because the world in which we live is looking at the wrong things to find their hope. It's looking at the wrong things to find their peace. The world in which we live is looking to the wrong things and the wrong sources to find where they can put their trust. And so I want to say right at the outset of what I'm talking about this morning that I believe, I think, that God is totally and utterly trustworthy. That's the stance that I'm coming from this morning. I think in creation, God shows off his brilliance. He shows off what he can do and how easily he can do it. And in this passage, he asks us to consider this one thing. If God tends to something that is here today and gone tomorrow, how much more will he tend to us? How much more will he tend to those whom he has created in his image? There is something special about you. There is something special about the person sat next to you. There is something special about about the, the ones that are in this room this morning. And if God will tend for his creation, how much more 
will he tend for those he has created, for those created in his image? You know what, we always just think that this is a piece of scripture about worry, but actually I think that there are principles to live by here that go beyond that. So what I want to do this morning for the next few moments is just give you a few things that I pulled out. Is that okay? It's just give you a few things that I saw in this scripture that actually not all of it's to do with worry, but I think all of it is relevant maybe to where we're at this morning. And the first one is this that there is more to you than what you own. There is more to you than what you have or what you don't have. There is more to you than that. It says in that passage that I read this morning, there is far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God, and you count far more to him than the birds. I want to say to you this morning, whether you think you own a lot or whether you think you only have a little, there's more to you than what you have. There is more to you in the eyes of God than those things. This passage, I think, speaks to the very core of our identity and where we find our identity from, where we find our identity in in who we are, in in what we believe um, God has got for us. This passage speaks to that And it can be so wrapped up our identity and what we have and what we think others think of us because of what we have. I don't know if you've ever thought that, you know, people kind of come in and and they might come into your home or they might, you know, I I had a great moment the other week, a really great moment. In summer, I changed my car and uh, I came down to youth. It was a few months ago now and they were doing a QA. and a So I came down, there was just the older youth there and I pulled up in my car and I got out of the car and there were two of our older guys just stood outside in, on, in, the, in the kind of bit just outside our building. And they were like, that's your car. I'm like, yes, boys, it is. And they're like, that is so cool. That car is, and I'm just like, okay, I may not have it anymore, but when I'm with my car, I have it with our youth. Okay, and, uh, and there was something about me that went, the youth think my car is cool, so that is a really great thing. But actually, at the end of the day, my identity can't be in what other people think about me. My identity can't even be in what other people think about what I have. My identity has got to be found in him. Because when my identity is found in him, when the things I've got, then all of a sudden aren't in fashion anymore. When the better car has been made, when, when you know, the, the new fashions come out and all that, although we all know that it always goes back to the 60s, doesn't it? Okay, all fashion, okay? It always goes back to there. And so some of you are going, I've, I was here the first time. We wore bell bottoms, okay? And uh, you're kind of glad that they're coming back, or maybe you're not, I don't know. But this morning I want to say, actually, when our identity is in that, we're going to lose something. You're going to derail at some point. When your identity is in the things that you have, at some point what you have will not be good enough. What you have at some point will not be what you need to take you into the next phase of your life. You are not what you own. You are more than that. You were created for more than that. And what you were created for has nothing to do with what you have or don't have. It has to do with who he made you. And actually, for each one of us, finding out who he made us to be is going to be the key to our happiness. It's going to be the key to our contentment. It's going to be the key to our joy. Those, I want to say to you this morning that those who have a lot struggle with this as those who don't have a lot. You know, we always think if I have more, I won't struggle with this, with this identity issue. Let me tell you, it's right across the board. 
You know, you can sit with someone who has nothing and they might struggle with this. Actually, sometimes people who don't have a lot don't struggle with it as much. You can't find your identity in what you have or what you don't have. Maybe you went through a season in life where you had a lot and maybe now is a season where it doesn't seem that you've got as much. Our identity needs to be found in him. When we worry about possessions and when we worry about what others think, this then overtakes what God says and what he thinks and we find ourselves living in this worry mentality. So you are not what you own. What, what you own. Your identity needs to be found in something different. The second thing I want to say to us this morning is that all worry will do is deplete you. Worry will take from you. It will never add to you. It says in that passage that I read, what I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. You know what? Worry only ever takes from you. It will never add to you. And I know that we can sit here and think, but I'm a human being and it's part of the course. I want to actually say to us this morning that, that God can come and help us with that. I am not standing here saying I never worry. Okay? I've actually really struggled with this issue. I've actually really struggled with worry in my life. Worry over, you know, doctor's reports. Worry over conversations that I'm going to have. Worry over, you know, my parents are getting older. Worry over them as they live so far away. You know, I want to say to you this morning, God can help you with that. Because worry is never going to add to you. And in those times where we're worried, in those times when we're struggling with this emotion, because that's what it is, Okay, actually bringing that to God and allowing God to do something in us is what we need to do. Because worry will always take from you. My dad has a saying and a philosophy that I love. And, uh, and he'll, you know, he'll say to me, I will go to him and say, Dad, I'm worried about this. And he'll look at me, and he's done this ever since I was young. And he says, has it happened yet? And usually worry is about what we perceive, isn't it? It's what we think about. It's, it's what we think is going to happen. So my dad will look at me and he'll go, Joe, has it happened yet? I'll be like, no, then why worry about it, love? And I was sat on, on Friday night in Cambridge and we were, we were doing a panel for leaders. And there's a guy called Roy Morley there. I'd love to take this quote as my own, but it's not. And, uh, and he was saying that, you know, sometimes as leaders, we worry about things and, and they can keep us up at night and all that kind of stuff. And he said, um, he said, God revealed something to him from this passage. I'm like, I'm preaching on that on Sunday. I'm going to nick it. Okay. And, uh, and he said, God said to him when he was worried about a conversation that he was going into and a situation that was happening within the life of his church. And he said, you know, when I was worried about it, God clearly said to him, is that about today? Is that concern about today? If it's not about today, shelve it. Because tomorrow has enough to worry about. And I want to say to us this morning, those things that concern us, those things that we worry about, if it's not about today, let's ask God to help us. I don't think it's something we just do on our own. Let's ask God to help us not to allow it to consume our mind and consume our thoughts. A lot of the time we worry about the unknown about the conversations we've not had yet, about the report we've not got yet, about the balance we've not seen yet. And Jesus comes here and he brings the care to us by telling us that tomorrow is in his hands so we can live confident and not depleted. Tomorrow is in his hands. 
It's not in my hands. My tomorrow is not in my hands. I can make plans for tomorrow. But actually, it's in his hands. His hands. We can worry about so many things. And I get it. And I understand it. And I've struggled with it. And I found it all difficult. But tomorrow is in his hands. I cannot change tomorrow. I cannot change anything that is going to be happening tomorrow. I I can't do anything about it today. And when we know God and how he works, that can take the worry out of everything, leaving us free to respond to what God has for us now. I think a lot of us miss today because we're looking at tomorrow. Or we miss today because we're trying to relive yesterday. And this morning, I want to say to you, the worry will only ever deplete us. It will never, ever add to us. The third thing that I want to say to us this morning is that I think we need to get back to his kingdom rather than this world's kingdom. It says in verse 33, it says, seek first his kingdom in the NIV. We've got to start putting God above those things that we're going through. You know, when I was growing up in church, I was constantly challenged to seek God first, to ask God what he wanted for my life. Not to just go and make my own plans, but actually talk to God about what he wanted for me. Do you know what? Some of the ways that that was done wasn't great. Some of the the guilt or the pressure that it put on people wasn't great. But I think today we've swung so far the other way that actually let's do whatever we want and just ask God to bless it. I want us to come this morning with a different spirit. I want us to come this morning just with a different spirit over this. Because actually, when we put his kingdom first, things begin to change in our life. Some of the ways, you know, that that was done, like I said, wasn't great. But let's not lose something this morning about his kingdom. We pray in the Lord's prayer, don't we? Your kingdom come, your will be done. This morning, how many of us are saying that over our lives? In the verses that I read to you today. It said this, steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Steep yourself in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. You know what? We struggle sometimes with the hard knocks of life. We question, we worry, we try to sort everything out on our own. But God wants us to find him in the middle of it all. Let me say that to you again. Let's lean in and listen in this morning. God wants us to find him in the middle of it all. In the middle of everything that we're going through, God wants us to find him. As we consider the flowers that he makes that are here today and gone tomorrow, let's consider actually leaning in to his presence, leaning in to his provision, leaning in to his will, to his plans, to his purpose. There's a song that we started singing in church, and I love the words to the beginning part of this song. And it says this, I can't go back to the beginning. I can't control what tomorrow may bring. But I know here in the middle, 
is the place where you promise to be. A lot of the time we live in the middle. A lot of the time we live in the middle of life that is happening. And I want to say right in the middle of that situation, God is there. Right in the middle of that circumstance, he is there. And that's where he has promised us he will be. I read this morning, you know, about when Peter got out of the boat. In the middle of the storm, this is what God said to Peter. Come on then. Why don't you come to me? And I want to say to you this morning, in the middle of whatever you're living through right now, in the middle of the things that you're going through, if you will put him first, if you will seek his ways and his plans, if if you will answer the call to just go, come on, come. Come to me. If you will do all of that, that is the place where God has promised to be. Right in the middle of your mess. Right in the middle of your circumstance. Right in the middle of that situation. Right in the middle of that illness. Right in the middle of that financial stuff. Right in the middle of that relationship stuff that is going on. God is there with you. He is there with you. His presence is there. We often live in the middle and we live in the middle of life happening and we can't change the past and we can't control the future. All we can do is trust that there in the middle, God is there. Maybe there's some of you in here and you, you want to relive the past. Maybe there has been a season in your life in the past where, where life has been great and maybe it's a bit tough right now and you would love to go back to that time. We can't do that. We can't do that. There are seasons in my life that I look back on and I think that was a great season. You know, we, and we, we often sit, don't we, whether it's with family or with friends and we reminisce. When you've been with people for long enough, you can sit and you can reminisce about what has happened. And, and a lot of us, maybe we want to relive the past. The past is gone. We need to find a new normal and a new reality in the present. And some of us, you know, we, we, can't, we can't get the here and now because all we're doing is looking to the future. And maybe, maybe for some, you know, I, I used to watch it every year around this time with our young people who were in sixth form. And they were like, come on, September and I am free. You know, and, and they almost miss the now because they're looking for that. Or, or we miss the now because we're, we're worried about what is coming we're worried about those things that, that we've not lived in yet, but we're, we're projecting onto how it's going to be. And this morning, I want to say, in the middle is where God is. That is where you will find him. That is where he will be with you constantly. Whether you feel it or not, whether you realize it or not, God is there in the middle. And for those of us living in the middle this morning, in the middle of stuff, I want to say God will find us. God wants us to know today that he is there. The NIV says this in verse 33, but seek first his kingdom. I think the first word puts that whole verse into perspective. That word simply means instead of. Jesus has just talked about worrying and then Jesus comes and if we replace the word but, he comes and says this, instead of, instead of worrying, instead of all that, seek first my kingdom. Seek first righteousness, right living. Instead of, instead of living like everyone else does, seek first right living. Live with integrity. Live with righteousness. Live with the things that I have got for you. Instead of doing that, do this. I can remember where, just before I went for my operation last year, I went for my pre-op. 
And uh, my pre-op was literally four days before my operation. It should have been a few weeks before, but they were busy. And so four days before, and, and I went and I sat in with the nurse, and she was doing all the checks and asking all the questions. And, and she said this, so we're not quite sure how we're going to do the operation. I was like, what? She got my attention with that. All the other stuff, you know, it was kind of going over my head. We're not quite sure yet how we're going to do the operation, Mrs. Reed. I said, no, no, we are. We're very sure of how we're going to do the operation. Uh, and she began, I won't go into all, you know, all that stuff, because that's a little bit too much information from the platform. But, but she said, basically, we don't know if we can do the operation the way we've told you we can do it. We may just have to, you know, cut you open and do it that way. And I was like, pardon? And Because uh, I was fine with the operation, how they told me it was going to be. And I came out of that meeting thinking, okay, it's in four days. I can't get out of it. I've just got to go through it. What am I going to do? Because I can't control tomorrow. And, and I, I, can't, I can't, you know, um, for the next four days, um, you know, it was my daughter's birthday. And we had loads of stuff to do before I could finish work and, and finish stuff and, and go for my two months um, of, of resting and, and having the operation and hopefully getting better. And uh, this is what I did. I got in my car. Um, in, in the hospital car park, and I, and I flicked open Messenger, and, uh, and I typed in certain people's names into Messenger, and I found some, some ladies um, from just, just who are my friends, who I know pray, and I messaged them. I said, right, I need you all to pray, and uh, I need you to pray that they're going to do the op the way they said they were going to do the op. Because if not, the, the, the kind of recuperation period is longer and it's a lot harder and it's a lot more difficult. And I'm not in for difficult. I want this to be easy. I've had difficult for the last X amount of years and I'd just like this to be easy. And, uh, and immediately I got messages back, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying. We're praying that, you know, the operation happens how you want it to happen. You see, I made a choice of I'm not actually going to worry for the next four days. And for me, that was a hard choice because actually, if I'm honest, I'm a bit of a worrier sometimes. And so for me, that was a difficult choice, but I'm not going to worry for the next four days. I've given it to God. I've got other people praying. I'm just going to enjoy Caitlin's birthday and, and all of that kind of stuff. You see, the thing is, sometimes you've got to go, instead of worrying, seek his kingdom. Instead of worrying, find God in the middle. Instead of, you know, living wrongly, why not seek integrity and righteousness? This morning, let's not go too far the other way that we forget God and we forget actually when we follow him, we follow his ways, not ours. There's a verse in Isaiah that says this, that his ways are not my ways. God thinks differently to me. I struggle with that sometimes. God thinks differently to you. And God knows the end from the beginning and we have got to be people that kind of get on board and go along with it. What is it that counterbalances the worry factor the first thing is God's presence counterbalances worry. Fill your life with the presence of God. Fill your home with the presence of God. Fill your car with the presence of God, okay? Fill yourself with the presence of God. And as we do that, for me, doing that, um, um, I stick worship music on, and it's just, I'm right there. I, had, I was driving home from Cambridge on Friday night, and it was a long drive, and it was late at night, and I just had worship music blaring out. Fill in the place with the presence of God. God, help me do this. I'm tired. I actually just want to pull over and go to sleep. You've just got to help me get home. We're filling the spaces that we're in with the presence of God. Others' faith will counterbalance your worry. 
Others' faith, when, when you are in that season, when it's difficult and when it's hard, find someone with faith, with real genuine faith, not just kind of, you know, good, good wishes and good hopes, but find someone with faith who is going to counterbalance those things that you're going through. Who's going to do the journey with you in reality? But I love the verse in Hebrews 4 that says, Abraham, in reality, hoped in God. Abraham knew his reality, but he knew where his hope lie. And so this morning, I want to say to you, let's be people that when we're struggling, we find someone else who's got faith, who can help us with what we're going through, who can counterbalance how we're feeling. The Bible will counterbalance our worry. This book is full of the promises of God. This book is full of of advice and information of how to do life well. And I want to say to you, if you are going through seasons that are difficult, pick up the book. Don't always just listen to how other people interpret the book. Pick it up for yourself and begin to read. In seasons in my life where I've struggled, that has brought me through. So let's seek first his kingdom. Let's steep our life in God reality, in God provision, in God's presence. Let's make sure that our life speaks of him. You know, even people who have been through really, really hard stuff, really, really hard seasons, you can see God in it. You can see God in it. And then the fourth thing, and I really, I wasn't going to do this. This is something that I added this morning. But I really felt like someone needed to hear this. I don't know if it's one person or more than one of you. But realize that God's pride is in you. You need to realize God is proud of you. When he created you, he created you in his image. And as you are going through life, things may not have gone right. Things may not have gone to plan. Things may have got messed up somewhere along the way. But this morning, you are his creation and he is proud of you. He says this in Matthew 6, if God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, and do his best for you? Over your life today, there is a father in heaven who is incredibly proud of you. I was in Nottingham on Thursday, and it's the kind of the first event that I've done with AOG and And they asked me to speak on leadership pain for 15 minutes. Like, you can't even get one story in in 15 minutes. And uh, and so I was kind of given this topic, and uh, it was kind of the the flagship topic of the whole event. And uh, and I was up, and in the middle of my 15 minutes, I I just need to tell you this. I I decided I was going to stick to 15 minutes, right, which for a preacher is really hard. So I, I, got the, I got this counter on my phone, and, uh, and all of a sudden, at the end of the 15 minutes, it started beeping, and I couldn't shut it off. I was like carry, trying to finish my talk, pressing all these buttons on my phone, and, uh, but halfway through, I all of a sudden realized that John Pettifer was in the room. And, uh, and all of a sudden, like, I've known John for 23 years, and I think I've preached in front of him once at an event that he did. And, uh, and so all of a sudden, I realized he was there, and uh, and I just carried on doing my talk, carried on like, you know, doing the thing that I'd been asked to do. And at the end, I had a bit of a moment. And it was a great moment. It's a moment I think I will probably remember for the rest of my life. I don't even think he realizes how incredible it was. And John came over to me. Ed put his coat on. He was getting ready to go. And I was just stood at the front of the auditorium. And he, he came over to me. And, uh, and he just gave me that John kiss and that John hug. 
And, uh, and he just, he was like, that was outstanding, Joe. I was like, oh, thank you. And he, and he hugged me again. And he, he kind of just held me real tight. He says, no, outstanding. He said, I'm so incredibly proud of you. And John's become a bit of a father in the faith to Matt and I. And, and, uh, and just, he's just that, I have, I have a great, you know, relationship with my dad. And uh, nothing will ever take the place of that. But, but John, there was something in his words Joe, I'm just proud of you. And do you know what? I, don't, I actually don't care if anyone else liked what I said that night. Everyone else could say, well, that's a bit rubbish. They didn't. They said it was good. But everyone else could say, I don't, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like what you said. But none of that would matter because there was one man in there who, who is like a dad to me who just took me and said, I'm so proud of you. And you know what? This morning, I just want to speak over your life. I want to speak over you in the situations that you're in. There is a father in heaven who just wants you to know how proud he is of you. There's a father in heaven. Maybe you've never heard it from an earthly father. I have many, many times. I've been very blessed. Maybe you never have, but this morning, from your heavenly Father, He just wants you to know, I've I've got you. I've got you. I'm proud of you. I've seen the struggles. I've seen the hardships. I've seen the messes. I've seen the things that you've gone through, but I am proud of you. Over your life today is the Father's pride. And His pride isn't primarily in what you have or in what you do. It's in who you are. Maybe some of you struggle with that this morning because of family situations. I it's not an easy one for me. My dad's ill at the moment. Which is why I wasn't gonna do this. But God wants you to know today from his father's heart over your life. He is so incredibly proud of you. Incredibly proud of you. God takes pride in you. No one may ever have told you that they are proud, but today you need to hear it from the heart of God. And when we know that, we can relax because God's got us. God's got your today. He's got your tomorrow. He's got those struggles that you may experience. He's got those things that you may go through. God has got you in the middle of all of it. So consider this morning, think about the God of all creation. The God who created everything. As as you walk around, as you are out in your garden, think about the God of creation. The same God who created something that may never be seen by anyone, but is stunningly beautiful. He's the same God who created you. And he's the same God who says, if I created that and made it look so incredible, then when I created you, I made you to look incredible. And I'm proud of who you are. But we need to seek first his kingdom. We need to make a decision that worry is not going to deplete us. 
And you need to know this morning that there is more to you than what you have or what you don't have. There is so much more to you than that. The identity of creator God is in you. You are his. The Bible says that we are heirs and co-heirs with Christ. We are his and our inheritance is amazing. And this morning, I want you to know, I don't know if anyone has ever told you how much God adores you, how much God loves you, how much, you know, he showed you by sending Jesus to die on a cross for you. And this morning, if you want a relationship with him, he died for a relationship with you. This morning, you may have been a Christian for a long time in here and you need to come again and realize God has got you. He's got your life. He's got your circumstances. He's got everything that you're going through. He has you today. We're told in the Psalms that we're in the palm of his hand. He's got you. Let's pray together. This morning, if you are in this place and you've never known God, maybe you've never had a relationship with him, I want to pray for you. If you're here today and go, actually, I want to know that God that wants to be stood in the middle of whatever it is that you're stood in right now. I want to know the God who is in the middle of the mess, who is in the middle of the good stuff, who is in the middle of the suffering, who is in the middle of the grief, who is in the middle of whatever it is we stand in. I want to know that God this morning, and I've never, ever got to know him. If that's you, why don't I just raise your hand where you are? Just so everyone else, close your eyes. This is between someone and God. Fantastic. Anyone else this morning want to come? I want to know this God. Fantastic. Brilliant. Brilliant. This morning, we're going to make our life right with God. We're going to decide to seek his kingdom first. I'm going to give my life to you. Anyone else before we move on? I'm going to pray. Why don't you all pray after me this morning? And this is just the start of a relationship with God. It's not the be all and end all, but it's just signifying to God that we're coming to him and we want to have a relationship with him. So thank you, God. That in the middle of my life, you have me. And today, I make the decision to live my life for you. I'm sorry for what I've done wrong. And today, I turn around and make my life follow your ways. Thank you for loving me, God. Thank you for dying for me. And thank you for my relationship with you from this moment on. Amen. Last thing, you may be living in the middle of something right now. And you may just need to find God. I want to pray. I'm not going to ask for a response. But I want to pray for you this morning. And if that's you, why not do it? Why not amen what I say today? And uh, I just want to pray for you and lift you to God today. Father, I thank you for every person in this room. And Lord, I thank you that you have got hold of every single one of us. Lord, I thank you that your Holy Spirit is here. And Lord, I thank you that every middle of life that we are in, whether it's in the middle of a good season or a tough season, I thank you that you hold us in the palm of your hands. And Lord, I thank you today that you take pride in us. Thank you today, Father God, that, that from heaven we can hear the resounding, well done. Lord, we can hear, Lord, as you are proud of who we are. And Lord, I pray for those of us that might find it difficult to hear that. Lord, I pray in the coming days that we will realize that there is a God that loves us so much, that is proud of us. Father God, that takes pride in what we do, that takes pride in our worship and in our praise. Lord, I pray that today we will, we will follow you, we will put you first. 
and that, Father God, we won't worry about tomorrow, but God, we will know that it is in your hands. In the name of Jesus, amen.